The night before Jesus was crucified, he got his disciples together and said to them, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who remains in me bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus' words must have resonated really deeply in their hearts. They'd been with him for three years, and they knew that he had big plans for them. But where would they find the strength to accomplish what he had called them to? They were going to have to stand for truth in a world that loved lies. They were going to have to preach the word of God in a world that hated the message and the messengers. How would they do it? If I'm not connected to the vine, I can't bear fruit because it's not even like I'm just a branch of the vine. And so I'm thankful that this reminds us, but if you abide in me, if you remain in me, because the temptation is to go off and do your own thing, remain in me and I in you and you will bear fruit. Man, what a promise. This is the 10th episode in our series, A Firm Foundation. Today we're going to look at John chapter 15, verses 1 to 11, a passage that definitely could not be more timely. Thanks for joining us. Here we go. Joining me today is Josh Rowand, who is a biblical counselor and, less known fact, local bonsai cultivation expert. Yes, sir. (laughs) So if you're into bonsai cultivation, man, this is going to be a very enlightening episode. Yes, for sure. (laughs) Uh, No, seriously, we're going to talk about John chapter 15, 1 to 11. I think the reason that I picked this passage to talk about is because I think it hits some themes that probably we haven't covered in, in some of the other episodes because this is really going to key in on the source of living a fruitful Christian life. So I'm really looking forward to it. And let me say, just before we get any further, when I was studying this, really what I mainly did was I listened to a Paul Washer sermon on this. But I know for myself that even reading through this, I'm not an expert on this. There are really deep truths here that have to be experimentally worked out. This isn't just about, oh, I learned some cool facts and now I'm doing this. This is a process that you learn to grow in. And I was encouraged by Paul Washer that said, this process is going to happen for your whole life. So anyway, just getting that out there that it's not like we're the experts on this. We just want to help people see some of the deep truths that are in God's word. And hopefully we're all growing in this way. So can we start talking about context? What did you yeah. what did you learn when you studied that? Well, even what you were just saying, I think some so many times we can be overwhelmed with all of the truths that are in scripture. Mm-hmm. And so just to look at this, this is part of a section. These are Jesus's last words to his disciples, his close friends leading up to his betrayal that night. This is the night Jesus is betrayed just a few hours before. And so in, it starts, I think, in chapter even 13, mm-hmm. but 14, 15, 16, 17, um, we're looking at all of these like final words 
that Jesus gives his disciples. And so I think remembering that, okay, who's the audience? Who's Jesus talking to? He's not just talking to the crowds at large. Right. He's talking to his 12 disciples. And I think, you know, there's a lot of stuff here, but before and after when he's uh, giving them hope for the future, he says, you're going to have a lot of troubles in this world, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Um my peace I give you. So he's he's encouraging them. And I think this passage in particular, this comes right after he's talked about, I'm going to send the spirit of truth. He's going to help you. And so how then are you going to live right. after I'm, I'm, I'm gone? And so I think that just gives us kind of a framework. This is who Jesus is talking to. And it is part of a much larger discourse, but... It's a very practical pastoral word. I think he gives us here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the it's interesting to me because I was also thinking about this comes before all of them find out for real that they can't do anything apart from Jesus because they all deny him on the night of like I mean literally just how many hours right. later right. they're all going to deny him and flee and find out just how weak they are. So it's not even like Jesus's words to them and they hear these words has enabled them to do it. Like they're gonna have to go through a process where they learn how to live these truths out. And when I was listening to the the Baha'u Washer sermon, the thing that, and he just talked about the struggles of the Christian life and how this isn't easy. Like we need this teaching because we are truly dependent, fully dependent, and can't do anything. Yeah. You know, I I feel like I it takes me a long time to actually believe some yeah. of what Jesus is saying. <laughs> yeah. And so like if you look at like the first verse, like I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. That just okay, and then later he says, "I'm the vine, and you're the branches." Just to remember that Jesus uses such visual images. Um, I'm the bread of life. I'm the the good shepherd. I'm the gate. Um, and so here, okay, if he's the vine and we're the branches, and then he says he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Um, This is encouraging and disconcerting a little bit Mm -hmm. in that every branch gets cut. Um, And I guess I didn't think about that before I was reviewing this. Like, okay, the bad branches get cut off and the good branches also get pruned. And... You said I'm this like master, like arborist or like botanist or something. I'm not. But uh, here in the studio is is our guest bonsai tree. Someone gave this to me last Christmas, and I've kept it alive all this time. But the one thing I've I've researched, there's a whole art to pruning trees oh, yeah. and getting things to be more fruitful. And so. This bonsai tree, I don't know if you're listening online, you'll have to go and get the video version of this, but um, this plant can grow really big, but to get it to do what you want to do, you have to be very intentional with pruning. And so I don't know if you can see, but I was for a while, for the past couple months, I'm trying to get it to grow this way to the side 
going to be super artsy instead of just straight up. So I've had to tie strings down. I've cut off branches that are just growing straight up because mm. I'm trying to shape this to get it to do what I want to do. And sometimes I'll like look in the trash can and I probably prune it every two to three months. And there's all this green in my trash can. And I'm like, man, I just like... That was a brand new branch. That branch wasn't even there two months ago, but I don't want that branch there. I'm trying to shape this. And mm. so I feel like every time I come to prune this, I'm reminded. It's like the Lord is very simple with me. Like, this is what I'm doing in your life. Yeah. And if I compare what this tree looked like a year ago versus what it is now, it's much fuller overall, and I intentionally want it to be. Okay, well, it wants to grow this way, and mm -hmm. it wants to give all of its nutrients to this one branch, and I have to cut this branch because I want it to be full. And Jesus talks later about how he wants our joy to be full. And so I think just from the very get-go in this, in this passage, okay, we have to remember that he is going to prune us, but it's for our own good. And I guess the last thing I would say about this is sometimes we think, Maybe, I don't know, Pastor Nate and I are very different uh, personality types, but I'm very dramatic and I'm very emotional. And so I think, oh, he's going to prune me. It's going to hurt. It's going to be terrible. And, you know, I don't, I think that's an, an over-exaggeration or it's just a fear that we have that if he prunes me, it's going to be super painful. I think sometimes it is, and I think we've both experienced that in our lives, but sometimes it's just discipline. No, not right now, or the Holy Spirit like checking me like, no, that's, that's not what I would have you do right now. And I just think that sometimes I think the Lord is going to be super harsh and yeah, he's going right. to cut deep. And, and there have been times that he's done that, but I also think... He's gentle, and it's just yeah. maybe one leaf here, or no, not today, not not yet. And mm. his not yets are not, um, they're not harsh, but they're yeah. shaping me to be what he wants me to be. Yeah, and that thing, what he wants you to be, is, I think, very different from our feeling of what God wants us to be. Like... It's interesting, you know, you think about fruit. It's like, okay, what does my mind immediately go to? When I think about fruit, almost all the time, it's it would have something to do with what I'm doing. Mm. I'm more bold in preaching or I have clearer discernment with people or less fear of man. But it's always like connected with an action. And usually, I mean, at least for me, because ministry is my context, it's almost always about ministry. Mm. But if you look at the fruit of the Spirit, mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with what I'm doing. It has everything to do with who I'm becoming, mm -hmm. you know? And so sometimes I've seen this. The Lord sometimes will cut back what I'm doing mm -hmm. so that I can become more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. So that then when the opportunity comes back to do something, I'm doing it more like he would do it, mm -hmm. you know, which I think can be hard, right? Because we just, at least maybe it's more for men. Men, there's like the feeling or, or a good feeling comes with producing things, mm -hmm. but his goals are very different from our goals. Yeah, and it, I think that's a really good thing. Um, 
I remember when I first was introduced to Pure Life Ministries, I went on their website and there's a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds that come to Pure Life. And so it was on their like views and they said it was talking about the Holy Spirit and they were uh, people were uh, always want to know what do you think about the gifts of the Holy Spirit oh, yeah. and what does he do? But Pure Life said yes, but we just as much value the fruit of the Spirit. And I think when we think of like gifts of the, the Holy Spirit, we think of ministry callings or Ephesians uh, 4, these pastoral roles that we can function, or I have the gift of wisdom, or I mm-hmm. have this. And the fruit of the Spirit is important, and the Lord wants to build character in us. Mm-hmm. And so that might, you might have a beautiful, or I think in their context, they would have thought about uh, grapes on a vine, right? And so you might have a beautiful green vine that has no grapes on it. And so the Lord doesn't value what you're saying, what we value sometimes. And so the fruit that he wants to produce in us is this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, Mm self-control. And I say it like that because in the Greek, it's fruit singular. It's not, oh, I I have love, but I don't have joy. It's no, the fruit of of a life of someone Mm. who's abiding in Christ, what Jesus is talking Mm -hmm. about here, is that that fruit looks like there's not one word. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. It all flows together. That's the kind of fruit that he wants to come out of our lives. Mm -hmm. And so often, I think a lot of us men, and maybe women too, focus on, well, well, how does that manifest in my ministry? But Jesus is after something, I think, so much more precious than the thing that we would be willing to settle for. Yeah. And I love what he says next, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Because I, you know, if you really are a believer, then God's discipline is not a sign of disapproval, which I think we can take it that way. Mm -hmm. Like he's saying not yet, or he's, I'm going through something that's difficult or painful and it's like this is a reflection of God's feeling toward me that he doesn't like me or Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's Mm -hmm. mad at me. Mm -hmm. But it's not really that way as a believer. If you're like you are already clean Mm -hmm. because of the word that he's spoken Mm -hmm. to you, you're forgiven, you're accepted, and now this pruning has everything to do with making you more like him. Mm-hmm. It's not punitive. Yeah. Which I totally struggle to believe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's really he cares more about making us like him. And when you think about the character of Jesus and what Christ likeness looks like, I, I just think I get caught up in the external. Yeah. But he was loving. He saw the crowds and had compassion on them. Yeah. And and so often in the parable of the Good Samaritan, the Levite is like going to go serve in the temple. And maybe it's a, it's a good ministry God called him to. And I think sometimes like that, I'll be so busy about my day or a task mm. that I forget the people that he's placed around me. I'm called to be Christ-like to the people I interact with today. And Jesus Mm. is intentional in how he prunes us at making us become like him. Not in our performance, not in the things that we're doing, but 
I hope that's an encouragement to the people listening today because, okay, that word has cleansed you. And so now he just wants other people to taste of the fruit that of his goodness in your life. You can be a blessing to others. So mm-hmm. I'm so thankful that he does do that for us. Mm-hmm. So he says next, remain in me and I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by Mm. itself. You must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And the next verse, same thing. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And whenever you see something repeated in Scripture... It means it's important. I have to, like, sometimes I'm like, didn't he just say this? Yes. And he he (laughs) wants to make sure you're getting that. And so there is this old hymn. I was thinking of this this morning, an old chorus. Maybe you know it. It says, um, without him, I could do nothing. You know that? Uh -uh. Without him, I'd surely fail. Without him, I would be drifting like a ship without a sail. And they used to sing that when I was like, young in church. (laughs) And I was thinking, Uh though, that's so true. Like, I can do nothing. If I I pulled off one of these leaves, I... Let me find one. I can do it, I guess. What? I don't... Yeah, like, okay, so if I pull off this leaf, you know, it's going to wither and die. It's not connected to anything. And so, like, but that's really what we do. We, We get all been out of shape or whatever, we try to go off and, Lord, I'm going to do this thing for you without you, and we fall on our face sometimes. Mm -hmm. And But it's discouraging and encouraging at the same time. Like, this is, I know my limitations. Mm. If I'm not connected to the vine, I can't bear fruit because it's not even, like, I'm just a branch of the vine. And so I'm not even the one responsible for bringing the fruit. He is. But when I think I'm an entity unto myself, I can do this myself. I And I think the struggle for a lot of Christians today is uh, we're in an age where we really value talent. We really value self-confidence. Um, we value people who are articulate, who can speak well. Um, yeah, and we think, look how God is using them. Yeah, or just like... In elementary school, they're recognizing like leadership qualities early on, and so we want people to be these natural leaders or whatever, and all of that's well and good, but if I'm not abiding in Jesus, like what is that worth? This is this is going to die. Mm-hmm. This is not going to endure, and it, can't, it this is not going to become, this is the other thing. If I plant this seed in the ground, it's not going to be another tree. Like this is nothing, and... And if I remember that, I'm just connected to Jesus. But if that source is flowing through me, then, okay, there's potential there. Um, so it, it is futile, and I that's encouraging to me because I have to remember in all of my giftings, in all of my self-effort, I still can't make fruit show up. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't, if I'm if I'm on an apple tree, I can't be like, you produce a banana. Like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> right. And so I'm thankful that this reminds us, but if you abide in me, yeah. if you stay, if you remain in me, because the temptation is 
to go off and do your own thing. Remain in me and I in you and you will bear fruit. Man, what a promise. Yeah. And one of the things I love to do in Bible study is I love to highlight key words. And so key words just meaning like the ones that are most repeated. Hmm. So bearing fruit is one, two, three, four, five, six, six times. If you look at I or me in reference to Jesus, it's like 10 to 12 times. Hmm. Um, if you look at the word in, it's like 10 to 15 times as mm -hmm. well. And it just, I don't know, that kind of helps me clarify the key, what is Jesus really trying to communicate? And it's really simple. Like he really, really wants us to bear fruit. Mm -hmm. And that only happens as you abide in him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think the process of learning how to abide in him is not wasted. It doesn't come overnight like, mm -hmm. oh, I just, I read this passage and oh, I got it. Yeah. This takes time, but to me, I, when I'm in, sort of in my right mind or whatever, then I see this as a good thing. My failures are actually not um, they're not wasted mm -hmm. because think about like the two sides of if think about producing fruit. Either you're trying to do it on your own and you fail or you're trying to do it on your own and in your mind you succeed. It's either like an unbelief that you're going to experience or a, um, a pride, you know, either it's your, your unbelief and your striving and your or it's like this pride and this boasting, both of those are not what the Lord wants to produce. Mm -hmm. And you're gonna, I found anyway for myself that I can sort of vacillate between those two things, mm -hmm. thinking I've succeeded and I'm like, woohoo, or <laughs> seeing a failure and going, oh, woe is me. What he's really aiming at is getting me to the place where I am bearing fruit and all of the glory is going to him. Yeah, yeah, and that's what he says in verse eight. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Mm. And so Jesus gets glory when we look like him. Yeah. And I'm thankful for, for that, it's not it's not performing. It's not the external. And we'll measure it in failures or successes. Oh, I did this, I did this. But in all of that, in the highs and lows of life, if I look like Christ, right, and it's that fruit, it gives God glory. This is someone who's loyal to me. This is someone wow. who's showing fruit of righteousness. And it's not our own. Like Paul says in 2 Corinthians, like we're these, these earthen vessels, broken, yeah. cracked, but people are seeing the glory inside and it's not our own. So I'm, I'm super thankful that if there's any fruit in my life, it's a testimony to what the Lord has done. Yeah. And I think when you think about this, this whole plant imagery, we just planted sunflowers at our house 
um, we live like in the, the back. And so like just I planted them against this wall and they're starting to come up now. And we have to weed. We have to make sure, much like pruning, okay, that they're not too close together. But there is a, there's like a pride in that when they grow up. Like, wow, this I take glory in this, or mm. I, I'm this looks really good. And similarly, when I've pruned this and it's it's doing what I want it to do. <laughs> like, first, it's like, wow, I kept this thing alive for a year. <laughs> um, but second, like, okay, I've not only kept it alive, but it's. It's doing what I want it to do, and that's a. If you're a gardener, if you if you do stuff like that, if you work with your hands, sometimes you look at a finished product mm-hmm. and you're like, "Wow, this turned out so well." And I think God gets glory when our character reflects Him. Mm-hmm. And if we could just keep that in mind, okay, it's not one big test, and then I pass like passing a driver's test or something. It's like, man, the more and more godly we become. As we, again, not just, oh, I read John 15, and tomorrow I'm just super godly. But uh, I've abided in him every day. His word has refreshed me. And you don't see that fruit overnight. I don't see mm-hmm. this grow every day. But I came back. I was gone for two weeks, and I came back, and I'm like, this like this thing was not here a month ago. Like, this whole thing has sprouted up in just 30 days. But if I was looking at it every day, I might not see that. But you can look back, and I think that's true of our lives with Christ. Like, wow, I am not as prone to anger with this this thing that provokes me. I the Lord is, has softened me, mm-hmm. and that brings the Lord glory. And mm-hmm. if we could just focus, okay, if I just abide in him, mm-hmm. Lord, I don't know what my job's going to look like. I don't know. I can't control any of that. But the fruit that's coming out of me and what's coming out of me that's been shaped by the word, verse 3, that's been cleansed because he's, we're abiding in him, that blesses other people and it brings the Father glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know abiding in him isn't a formula, but there are elements to it. There are always the case, mm-hmm. you know, and... I definitely believe that having a rich and daily time in the Word is very essential to that abiding mm-hmm. with the Lord. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing this is just because I know for me, like looking back at my life before Pure Life and then even in the probably like the four to seven years after I had come to Pure Life, recognizing how indispensable it was to saturate my mind in the Word of God because Mm -hmm. my mind, I guess it's true for everybody, but we just have, we have the capacity to create a reality that isn't true. And we live inside this reality and we think, oh yeah, I know everything that there is to know about life or whatever, and I know how to lead my own life. But we, our perspectives are so skewed the Bible is like a wit it's a window into the heavenly realm or it's a way to look at the world in a true light that rewires us mm-hmm. and yeah it's just it's indispensable like I don't think when Jesus says if my words abide in you I don't know how they can abide in us unless we are spending significant time in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Not saying it's impossible, like I know maybe in other countries people have very limited access 
to the Bible, and so I, I know that there's grace there for their situation, but if, we, if we're surrounded by the Word of God and we never really show any interest, His words can't abide in us. Yeah. You know, we have to make that a priority. Yeah, I was thinking just the other day, and I wasn't in a Bible study about this, but I was thinking, like, just we talk a lot of pure life about the effect that media plays on us. But I was thinking, like, we, and this is not a new thing, it's not new for our generation, but um, we really do esteem celebrities. And celebrity in 2023 could be a YouTube star. It's not even necessarily a movie star. Mm -hmm. It could be a sports star. Um, A lot of these people have platforms, and we aspire or hold these people in high esteem. Or in our TikTok feed, we're listening to certain very influential voices, even if they're just entertainers. But I guess what I was realizing is you just look through the news and, okay, this person's getting divorced, and this person just cheated (laughs) on their spouse. And all these – and I'm like, but – we look at them in these films and we want to be like them, you know, and I want to have this. And then I'm like, you know what? Some of their personal lives, like I don't really, I don't really want to be like them. Yeah, yeah. And yet some of that takes up so much. Uh, if you want to log like hours, that takes up time. It takes up space in our week. And I don't know how to think right. I don't. I don't naturally do that. I'm naturally wired to think about self. And so abiding in the word, listening to the word, and letting the word reshape some of my thoughts, or I think what I've realized lately is the word changes what I value. Mm. And I'm thankful for that. As I pray, it changes what I think about the Lord. As I pray through some of the Psalms, I start to see him more right, <laughs> writer isn't a word, I start to see him in a clearer way than what I naturally think of him as. And so I just, I think it's it's worth mentioning, like when we're talking about abiding in him, it's because that will impact our values. And then I think a kind of continuation from this is in verse 10, it says, if you obey my commands, you mm. will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. And because He just said, remain in me, remain in my love. So what does that mean? What does abiding in Him mean? And I think a really good question that you can ask every day, no matter what your Bible time looks like, is how do I practically obey this today? And someone introduced me to this, you know, a few years ago, but it's really helped. Like, is there a specific command to obey? Is there an example to follow? Is there a truth about the Lord or a promise that I need to meditate on today? Like, what does that what does that look like? Is there sin to confess? Mm-hmm, is there mm-hmm. something that I need to specifically do in response to the word? James says you can't just be a hearer and not a doer. We can't just be like a man who looks in the mirror, realizes there's mud all over his face, and then just walks away and forgets that it was there. We have to respond to the word. And so I think the other thing that millennia, I'm like this, we're like, oh, in my quiet time, I'll just do some soaking. And so we put on a YouTube playlist or we put on some worship music and it's a very, it can be a very passive thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just expecting, or I'm listening to a sermon, and I'm expecting that to change me. But mm-hmm. we have to do the work of after we hear the word, after we hear truth, ask ourselves, how do I walk this out? Mm-hmm. And what is the word asking of me? And I think that if we do something like that, how do I walk in this today? How do I respond? And then, this is where the body of Christ comes in. Okay, texting a friend in the morning and saying, hey, listen, I have been really challenged in the word today that I want to uh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Uh, the psalmist says to do this, and i that's one thing I know I can do. Can you check in with me at the end of the day, or I'm going to check back in with you, and I'm going Mm. to be intentional throughout the day today to give thanks to the Lord. When you start putting feet to what you're reading and not just meditating, meditation is good, but when there's action, Jesus says, Mm -hmm. if you obey my commands, that's how you'll remain in my love. When we get to know him is when we're obeying, there's obedience, there's more fellowship we experience with him. He yeah. says, like, if you're remaining, you're obeying me. If you're grieving the Holy Spirit all the time and coming back and repenting, okay, there is forgiveness for that. But if we're, if we're abiding and we're staying close to him and we're obeying, there is a sweet intimacy with the Lord that we start to develop. And that is when you start seeing fruit. Hmm. When I'm close to Jesus and I've been walking out what his word is showing me, there's just something precious. And I hope I'm communicating like there's more for you. When you approach the word, there's, there's, Jesus is better than you think he is. Hmm. And the Holy Spirit, he says, will come and help you. You can experience that. And if you're not walking in obedience, you're missing out on the promises of God that are available to us. Hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I love what you were saying about just the passive side of things. And I think probably uh, there's always you know two ditches on the side of every truth. Some of us are probably more prone to just being passive, like you're saying, oh, I'm just soaking and I'm sort of like hoping that this is just going to change me because I'm here. Mm-hmm. Some people maybe are on the side of, like I just I read it and then I rush out to try to do this in my own strength. Okay, got it. I gotta just go out to obey. And it's really that blending of like I'm being with the Lord mm-hmm. and then I'm seeking to live out what mm-hmm. I'm seeing. And when there's that union of intimacy and that action, I think that's the that's where the, the kind of the sweet spot like mm-hmm. that we need to aim yeah. for. Yeah. Um, which again, we're gonna struggle. Sometimes it's we're gonna fall into self-effort. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're gonna fall into this lazy kind of passive thing. But both of those are in here that you abide in him and you do what he's telling you to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. If you're abiding, you will obey. And if you're obeying and you're trying to obey yourself it gets dry really fast. Mm -hmm. So you have to abide. You need that strength from him. And when they're together, it brings fruit and that that results in glory for the Father. And Mm -hmm. that's that's just beautiful. Mm. Yeah, there's like actually, I mean, there's a ton in here. We, I think, probably gave a pretty good overview of some of the key things. 
I guess kind of the takeaway as I've been listening to you and then responding, um, God wants fruit mm -hmm. from our lives. Like he's intensely interested in it. Yeah. And that fruit is the character of Jesus on the inside. Mm -hmm. It's not so much about what we do. Yeah. It's who we are on the inside. And he'll do stuff to, like you were talking about with the tree, he's there, he knows what he wants to do with us and he's gonna do it. And sometimes it's gonna feel like we're being tied down or like we're being snipped off yeah. or whatever, but yeah. he's got a goal in mind and we've, if we don't buck against it and if we don't complain and grumble, if we just let our Father train us, then there will be good fruit at the end. And it's gonna require that daily intimacy and obedience. Like that's a big part of it. Yeah. Um, but you know, but if we are being with him and seeking to obey him, then whatever comes into our life, even if it's hard, is not like this punishment. Yeah. It's our father. Yeah, the vine dresser is good. And Jesus Jesus came to reveal the Father. And I think what I'm hearing in our discussion today is like Listen to the Father's heart. As the Father has mm. loved me, so I love you. Remain in my love. The Lord is very gentle. He's long-suffering with us, and he's trying to mm. bring about that which is for our good, which brings him the most glory, and mm. that is Christ in us and more and more Christ-likeness flowing out of us. Mm. And so it's not about a performance or just try to... Try to pretend to be a tree. You know what I mean. Try to like be a fake. Like um, mm -hmm. I am kind of proud that this is a, a real tree in my <laughs> office. A lot of people have like fake stuff, but um, he wants there to be real life, and it really is a blessing to other people. And so, just to come back to his character is kind. His character is good, and he's working in us what is pleasing to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. This is awesome. I really hope people get a, a hunger and a taste for just being in the Bible because any, like anybody can do what we've done. Mm -hmm. You know, we just spent time on it. Mm -hmm. You read commentaries, I listened to a sermon, you get the key words, you pray about it. You know, you, this is, the word is so rich. Mm -hmm. And then you come away knowing something more yeah. about the Lord. Yeah. These aren't just words. Yeah. But in our busy culture, you know, we just we sort of struggle. It's like, man, I don't have time. But man, <laughs> we're the ones who lose out yeah. in that scenario. Yeah. But okay, cool. So thank you very much for doing that. Yeah. Hey, thanks for joining us. Okay, so the next passage that we're going to be studying is Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 to 25. So if you're studying along with us, then you can dive into that right away. And guess what? You're actually going to have two weeks to study that passage because next week we're going to push pause for the last time in this series, and we're going to review a book called Passport to Heaven, the true story of a zealous Mormon missionary who discovers the Jesus he never knew by Micah Wilder. All right, so there you go. That's what's on the docket for Purity for Life. God bless. We'll see you next time. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. 
For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.